You are now listening to Creative Masters. This is the podcast where we interview musicians, photographers, directors, comedians, designers, and other creatives to discuss how they got started, how they got past those bumps in the road, and how they built a career off their creativity. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, and I'm Team Double Machine Masters to bring you Creative Masters. Now let's start the show. What's up, everybody? This is Reggie, a.k.a. Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. We're back with another episode, episode 33. But before we get into the episode, I just want to go over a few things. If you've been following the podcast and been listening, you know I'm working on my very first documentary. It's called Tracking Identity. If you guys want to check out the trailers and learn how you can support and get the documentary early, you can go to patreon.com slash tracking identity to check out the trailers, to donate. $10 will get you the documentary before everybody else sees it everywhere else. So you guys go and check that out. We would definitely, definitely appreciate your support. And if you're a music producer, you're going to love the story and you're going to be very inspired by that. Also, I'm coming back with my Ableton B-Town series. So basically what that is, is where in Ableton, I break down all of my beats, how I made the beat, and I give it away for free. So you guys, if you're a music producer, you're looking to learn Ableton, and you wanna learn more about that, definitely be on the lookout for that, which is gonna be coming out after the 4th of July. So this week, episode 33 of the podcast, we have Ivy the Polymath. He is a composer, a music producer, he also plays several instruments. He's a really dope dude, and he's even contributed to the podcast early on with some of the background music and what you're hearing now, some of his music. So we get into a lot of dope stuff in this episode. We get into how he started making music. I hated to read music, and mm-hmm. I could always play everything really well by ear. Mm-hmm. So my teacher would tell my mom, you know, don't let him hear the song or, or he won't ever learn how to read music. He also lives in a small town, so we talk about how he uses the internet to create opportunities for himself and his music. Now that social media is so saturated, I just try to reach out to people directly. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a time where I was sending at least 500 emails a week, just, you know, just trying to do the numbers thing and just introduce myself to people that I respected and wanted to work with from, you know, all different areas of the music industry. And we also talk about some of the sacrifices he had to make to create a career for himself in music. Just being super broke and having to make sacrifices and not being able to go on vacation or, or might have to wear the same shirt, you know, three times a week, you know, five times a week for a couple of years or whatever. Mm-hmm. We get into these things and so much more in this episode with Ivy the Polymath. So sit back, relax, and be inspired. This is episode 33 of the Creative Masters Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, aka Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. This week we have a dope guest. He's actually a music composer, multi instrumentalist, a producer. He's even submitted some beats to the podcast on one of the early episodes. IV to Polymath. How you doing, my man? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming on. Um, you know, I'm excited to get to know you a little bit more. I've been, you know, since we connected over the podcast, we sent those beats in, been following your music, and you got a lot of dope stuff. So I'm looking forward to chatting about all that. Um, Appreciate it. But before we get started, how about you give us like a quick, you know, 60-second elevator speech of who you are, where you're from, what you do, and we'll go from there. All right. Well, my name is Ivy the Polymath. I'm a music composer, producer uh, from Muncie, Indiana, and I make beats. I compose original samples play a lot of instruments and uh, I've been doing this for about 10 years now so that's what's up that's what's up so 
Um, let's start at the beginning. Like, how did you get into music? Like, when in your life? How old were you? Where were you at? Kind of give us that backstory on that. Right. Okay, so, man, I, it goes way back. So when I was two years old, I actually started playing violin. Mm. Um, four years old, started on piano. When I was about 10, I picked up drums. And a couple years later, guitar and bass. So I've kind of been doing music my whole life. Nice. Um, but then, you know, I kind of quit music. I was playing basketball in college, just focusing on, you know, school and sports. Mm-hmm. And, um, and where were you, where'd you play ball at? It's called SUNY Fredonia. It's a Division three school. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I just played. I just played one year there. But you know, music obviously took the back seat. Mm-hmm. And then my senior year of college, my buddy had a MacBook. Uh, back you know when GarageBand was just kind of starting out, mm-hmm. and I went over to his house and he showed me how to make beats. And I was like, damn, because now I don't. You know, I'm always used to relying on other guys in the band. Mm-hmm. And. When I found out I could make beats, I was just blown away that I could do it all myself. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and when you when you started playing music in those early days, was it like lessons um, originally, and you just kind of branched out on your own, or what? What was kind of the deal with that? Right, uh, violin. I mean, I was two, so I don't remember much. Yeah, yeah. But I, I assume it was <laughs> lessons. And then um, piano, I took lessons for a couple years, but. I hated to read music, and mm-hmm. I could always play everything really well by ear. Mm-hmm. So my teacher would tell my mom, you know, don't let him hear the song, or, or he won't ever learn how to read music. Mm-hmm. So lessons were not successful and didn't last long for me. Um, everything else is just self-taught. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, you said you mentioned playing in a band, in bands and relying on bands and things like that. So like throughout your high school years and stuff, did you, were you in a band? Yeah, absolutely. We were in quite a few bands. Um, I was really into punk rock and hardcore, some blues and stuff like that as well, rock and roll. Gotcha. Um, and did so, you yeah. ever like do any um, like touring with that or any recordings with that, or was it more of just like a fun thing at the time when you're you know like in high school and stuff? Yeah, m- more of a fun thing. You know, we we recorded some demos on cassette and we did shows and stuff like that, but definitely didn't really take it too far. No doubt, no doubt. Um, so let me ask you, like, when you uh, did you ever have throughout those years any other creative interests as well, or was it just always kind of centered around music? Yeah, um, no, I was really big into art. I was into drawing and painting, but um, I wasn't very good, you know. But I was really into it. Yeah, I can dig it. And, and did you find that even just like being into it and um, you know messing around with it's kind of helped you helped you musically as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think they go hand in hand. You know, we used to have a basement. Um, where, I, where I had all my paints and my uh, canvases and stuff, and you could just put on vinyl records and listen, mm-hmm. you know, all night long and just paint and, and take in the music at the same time. So I think they go hand in hand. Yeah, certainly, for sure. Um, and then, you know, you said when you were playing ball in college, like, did you, did you ever met, did you mess with music throughout college at all, or you just kind of just put it all to the side, just like kind of totally forgot about it? What was that? Yeah, I pretty much put it to the side. Um, when I was, I guess, right after high school, I kind of realized, you know, I wasn't really going anywhere with music, and I guess I took the safe route. Obviously, music's what I love, but mm-hmm. it just seemed like all my buddies, you know, were going down a bad path, and I was going to be going down that path, so basketball was the only other thing mm-hmm. that I kind of had growing up that I, you know, could reference, so I just kind of got back into that, and I just threw music away for a few years. No doubt, and when you were away from it, like, did you feel like a pull back into it over the years? Was it like 
a glaringly obvious like I want to make music again, or was it just something like when you said you, your friend had a garage band? Like, oh, I'm gonna get back into music. Yeah, um, you know, I, I had a bad breakup. Like, I guess it was my junior year of college, and I, I think everybody kind of turns to music or some kind of creative outlet in mm-hmm. those times. And uh, so I got a guitar. Just started making some horrible, you know, heartbreak songs. And mm-hmm. then soon after that, my buddy, you know, showed me about beats and it just kind of took off from there. Gotcha. So, yeah, let's talk about when you got into beats. So you started with GarageBand and let's kind of nerd out for a second. So after like messing mm-hmm. around with GarageBand, like where did it kind of transition from there? into? because I know you work with a lot of like hardware now, yeah. you know, so kind of walk me through like that transition of like garage band to getting into like the hardware the NPCs and the synthesizers and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, garage bands where it started. And then, um, you know, I didn't even know what sampling was. Mm-hmm. I, I was collecting records just cause I listened to music mm-hmm. and I heard uh, a Dre sample on a record. I was like, yo, what is this? I was like, did, did they rip Dre off? Like, I, I literally didn't know about sampling, man. And I was, mm-hmm. I was 24 years old. And um, so when I first found out about sampling, I was kind of bummed out. Um, and then soon after that, I just, I was like, okay, let's just do this. And I grabbed an MPC and started sampling and um, trying to think. Yeah, so then eventually I started noticing a lot of the opportunities I was submitting my music to. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They wouldn't mess with samples, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I was like, okay, well, I can play this stuff anyway. Like, why, why would I sample? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when I kind of started bringing in instruments slowly but surely, and um, it's kind of evolved from there. Gotcha. And how did you get into like or learn about like you know submitting music for you know TV or film or whatever? And mm-hmm. you know, like how did how did you get into that aspect of the, of the music industry? Dude, just uh, obsessively staying up all night, you know, Googling YouTube and trying to figure out any way I could to get my music out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And was this like, how long, I mean, how long after college was like all this when you started like buying equipment and started like doing the research and trying to get your music out there? Yeah, so um, right this summer after I graduated from college, I actually got hurt really bad playing ball. And um, I was actually pretty much, you know, completely disabled for about six years. Mm-hmm. And during those times, all I could do was make beats on a laptop and eventually got the NPC. It was right around that time, maybe a year after college is when I first got the NPC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so when you got the NPC and you started, like, submitting music and stuff like that, how long did it take, I guess, for you to, like, start getting some momentum going with that and, and the, you know, getting yeah. some movement with some placements and things like that and it took it took a while like i had a bunch of really small you know successes here and there like independent mm-hmm. film stuff like that um, and then i had a mountain dew thing which happened maybe only a couple of years after i started submitting but it's just definitely been a long grind yep um and what would you say to anybody out there that's listening who's like making beats and trying to get their music out there like about that long grind and how long it takes to really kind of get some momentum going yeah i'd say man if if this isn't something that keeps you up at night all night thinking about it um i I would honestly and i know this isn't very inspirational but i would just say just just quit because it's it's not easy um Mm. and you really gotta you gotta love it it doesn't matter how part of a worker you are and stuff like that you know at the end of the day your motivation is going to come from just absolutely loving this yeah for sure i, I totally agree i mean it took 
it took a long time for me to like get some momentum going with it to where even like just sell like I don't know, I guess I kind of got lucky early on because like right when I first kind of started, SoundClick started taking off. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would sell beats on there and like you can run an ad on SoundClick and literally like just based off of so many plays that you would get. And if you had like a nice page with some nice beats, like you'd be on the top of the charts and can sell a bunch of beats. But then over the years, you know, it just kind of got more and more saturated. So you got to yeah. figure out different opportunities and things like that. And I think it is kind of dope that like, you you approach it from that aspect of like doing the sample libraries and like placing music and stuff like that because I know a lot of people I even got a DM literally um, right before we got on somebody's like hey man do you know any rappers who want to buy beats it was just like (laughs) you know it's like you got to look at other different avenues of like how to make revenue if you want to like live because a lot I mean a lot of times the rappers aren't going to pay you no money or they want to have you know have you place it on their thing on their song their albums first and then right, if it makes right. makes money, you know, um, you, you can get paid. But it, it is kind of a, a tricky business for sure. Um, yeah, it's a it's a whole different world, you know, now than it was sound when you know, like you said, SoundClick and, and MySpace and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's just it's so saturated right now, man. It's it, it's overwhelming. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what made you say, you know, you mentioned that you got injured really bad. So, you you know, you were disabled and had time to just make beats and stuff. So what made you say, like, all right, I want to do this um, for a living? And, it's, and even where you're from, like, that's not necessarily like a huge <laughs> metropolitan area. So let's kind yeah. of split that up in two, in two parts. First, it's time to talk about, like, what made you say, I want to be in this in this business? And then let's talk about the small town aspect. Because, like, I'm from a small town as well, so I could probably relate to a lot. But let's talk about the first half first. Right, right. Okay, so, um, and that was, um, I'm trying to think here. Can you, I'm sorry, can you, oh, yeah. can you tell me what the, yeah, just the first part? Yeah, for sure. So, like, what made you decide, like, I want to be, I want to, you know, do this for a living. I want to make beats. I want to be a composer. I want to be in the music industry. Right. Uh, I mean, just just the love for music, and then my situation at the time. I mean, I I wasn't getting out of bed more than you know a couple of days a week to go to the hospital or go to the doctor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could sit there with a laptop in my bed and make beats. And at that point, it was the only thing I could really do mm-hmm. um, that brought me happiness, and then I could see myself ever, you know, doing for a living. Yeah, so kind of in a way, the the misfortunate you know injury was kind of like a blessing for the rest of the, you know moving forward. Absolutely, kind of gave you time to to get more back into the music, right? Absolutely, a huge blessing in disguise. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I guess the second part of that question was like, how did you and how are you going about you know making a name from yourself? You know, living in such a, a living in a small town, like obviously the internet. But what are like some of the things that you do to kind of build your name up yeah um I, man it is hard because i'm in indiana but i'm not even in you know indianapolis i'm in a smaller city mm-hmm. um so it is hard but you know just just internet stuff social media and then now that social media is so saturated i just try to reach out to people directly mm-hmm. you know there was a time where i was sending at least 500 emails a week just you know just trying to do the numbers thing and just introduce mm-hmm. myself to people that i respected and wanted to work with from you know all different areas of the music industry and you know for every 300 ignores you get one reply you know mm-hmm. um so it's just really just been grinding super hard man yeah and let's kind of touch on that like 
directly reaching out and the whole social media thing. So like when you did reach out to these people directly and then you got like a response, like how did you go about like building and nurturing that relationship? Yeah. See, and that's something that I'm truly not very good at, but, um, you really gotta, it's gotta go both ways. Obviously, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to be able to offer them something. Obviously, you know, you, you want something that's beneficial for you. So, I think it's important just to try to seek out people that you can grow with together. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that's kind of cliche, but it's true. You know, you're going to reach out to somebody who's already, you know, on this top level. They're probably not going to be interested in working with you mm-hmm. or even replying to your email. But if you could find people who are in the same realm as you and you guys can grow together and, and build something special. Yeah. And I, I mean, I actually totally agree with that. And even just thinking about that DM that the, that the dude sent me earlier <laughs> about like rappers and stuff, you know, and I, I wrote and I actually wrote an article about this probably like three years ago, but I was kind of just sharing my story of how I got some of my placements. And mm-hmm. I remember just like when I would see like a new rapper that I, that I liked or whatever, like on a blog, or I might've seen just a random video. They might've had like, you know, 2000 views and they were really small. You know, they were obviously on the same level I was on and I would, I would reach out to them and be like, Hey man, I like your stuff. Let's work together or whatever. And the way I did it, instead of being like, yo, pay me and I give you this beat. I was more like, I'm, I'm trying to put this compilation album together of a bunch of just dope, like unheard of artists and see where it goes, you know, then it ended up being like, it's, by the time I got to like volume three, like it had some names on the album, plus like some of the artists that were like unknown at the time ended up like getting pretty big. So, you right, know, there's a lot of different ways that you can go about like getting your music out there and building those relationships. And what happens later on down the road is like you produce for one of those artists that were unknown, and you know the song blows up or something. So yeah, and, and let's say that they would have paid you whatever I don't know a couple hundred bucks, few exactly. hundred bucks for a beat. Dude, I mean, those opportunities that come down the down the line could be worth a lot more than that. Way, so. way more. <laughs> yeah, and, so. I, and I'll say I'll say right now, man. Like I, I missed out on a lot of opportunities because I was being super stingy and holding on to my material too tightly. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I wish I would have done some more free download albums instead of always charging you know ten dollars for a B tape or. Mm-hmm. It, you know, when some talented people would reach out to me at times, you know, I would try to get that that money instead of seeing the bigger picture. And I think I really set myself back. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of touching on the whole social media thing and, um, you know, those opportunities and things like that. Like, what would you say to somebody who's like producing? Because I see so much stuff like I'm always like on Instagram searching the hashtags and seeing who's out there, what's out there, what people are doing, seeing trends. And just even seeing like producers selling beats. Like I saw one producer's like, you know, you buy one beat for $20, I'll give you six six for free. You know what I mean? So like how how do you navigate around that and and still, you know, try to show somebody. Obviously, if somebody knows music and they hear your stuff and they see you working and you play multiple instruments, they're going to see and understand the value in that, right? But how do you, like, kind of translate that value to when you're trying to work with people? Be like, you know, this is not just a beat on a laptop, but I actually play these instruments. I can change. I can do key yeah. changes. I can do whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? All myself. So how do you kind of translate that when you're, when you're working with people? Right. Well, I think those people, you know, that are buying those beats, you know, buy one, get six free. They're, they're just not the right type of people for, for me to be working with because they mm-hmm. probably won't appreciate it. They probably don't care, you know, Yeah. Uh, that I have different kinds of skills and, and can play real instruments and stuff, I guess. And, that, and that's totally fine, too. But Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. 
I don't know. It's it's hard, you know, to get people to kind of recognize your worth. But I think just carving out an original sound, doing something that's different, and not not really trying to chase what's what's current or what somebody else is doing. Mm-hmm. I think that can set you apart and get you get you work and get you collaborations that you're really interested in. Yeah, for sure. Because another thing I do notice too is a lot of people like they all want to like. And this has kind of irked me probably for 10 years, to be honest, as a producer, like when I see something and they'll be like, oh, this is like a little Yachty type beat or this is a logic type beat or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Why don't why don't you define your own sound and call it your own type beat and then make that your own sound? You know what I mean? Like it's being like whatever's hot at the moment, like a year ago, a year and a half ago, people weren't trying to make beats that sound like a little Yachty beat. You know what I mean? So it's like they had to I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. The whole thing about just defining your own style and everything. Yeah, no, I agree. And I was just going to say, no one in another year, no one's also, you know, not only a year ago they weren't doing it, but they won't be doing it in another year either. Exactly. So, yeah, and I understand it because you kind of, these days you almost have to have a gimmick or something to cut through the noise. But, man, I I don't know. It's just, I don't don't think I can sleep well at night, you know, if I was doing tight beats personally yeah and and the thing is too is like you said it will change up so it's like you always have like what happens if you're like a little bit behind and then you know what i mean if you're relying yeah. on that as a career like i don't think that's a viable career option but um yeah. one thing that i do like about speaking of like careers and, and building a name for yourself and stuff is that since you do place so many instruments like what how did you come to the realization to start like saying I'm going to make like, you know, the construction kits, sample kits, drum kits? Like how did that come about for you? Yeah, so just being a producer and somebody who, you know, collects vinyl, I had a bunch of drums, you know, hundreds of drum samples that I kind of arranged myself over the years for my own beats. Mm-hmm. And I hit up the drum broker cuz cuz I'd known him for a while and and I tried to see if he would distribute it for me. And he said, you know, you kind of missed the boat on the drum kits, unless you're Kanye or, or somebody with a name, you know, no one's going to buy your kit anymore. Mm-hmm. He's like, but if you have any compositions, I could listen to those. And I was like, huh. And, and I hadn't even really considered that. So I was like, all right, let me just see if I could knock something out. And I knocked something out and it was really well received. And mm-hmm. that's, that's how that started. That's dope. And how many volumes are you in now, like four or five? Uh, yeah, we just dropped the fourth one a couple weeks ago. Okay, that, that's really dope. Yeah, I think that is a cool thing, too, because it's like, you know, when you're looking first, like if people don't play an instrument or are like sample-based but don't want to have to deal with getting stuff clear if it was to get placed or stuff right. like that, I do think those royalty-free kits do come in handy for sure. Um, so let me ask you another question just about just the music industry in general and your career. Like what is... Um, what is like some of the biggest struggles that you've encountered along your path and, and how did you overcome them? Yeah. Um, dude, just, just being super broke, <laughs> you know, yeah. just being super broke and having to make sacrifices and not being able to go on vacation or, mm-hmm. or I might have to wear the same shirt, you know, three times, you know, five times a week for a couple of years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, making, making those kind of sacrifices for the, for the long haul and obviously for the love of mm-hmm. music that's that's the biggest one motivation isn't isn't really ever a problem just because i love to make music Mm -hmm. but you know just getting those opportunities that you know can actually translate into paying paying a bill or whatever yeah it's just just kind of it's 
it's not like a job. You don't get a steady paycheck. You don't know, you know, even if you do land something, you don't really know for sure when that money's coming and things like that. So it's just trying to stay balanced in a very unstable environment, I guess. Yeah. And I think that even, um, that that's like totally true. Cause it kind of goes back on when you said, like, if you want to do music, you want to be a producer or whatever, like you have to really love it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that those times really do test if you want it. And yeah. then even then it's not guaranteed to like work out the way you envision in your mind. You know what I mean? Like, it's really weird of how, like, sometimes I had opportunities. I'm like, okay, this is going to be huge for me. And it just totally just fell through. and was a disaster. Mm-hmm. And then there's sometimes I just done did things and didn't really think about it. And it's worked out really well. So that's kind of just, it's just weird how, like, music kind of and arts work like that. Um, yeah, I think I think that's kind of across the board for all the different creative, you know, careers you could you could have or entrepreneur stuff. Yeah, especially like when you're really passionate about it, you're trying to do like some of my biggest things have sound nothing like my normal sound that I'm always creating and crafting and working on. And it's it's just weird how it works like that. It's just something I did randomly and it you know, it takes off. So Yeah. It's just kinda hard. Like you can't plan it, you gotta put money away for rainy days, you know what I mean? Like all kind just all kinds of stuff you gotta really think about when it comes to uh, a creative career for sure. Absolutely. Um, so let me ask you, what is creativity to you? Like, how would you define it? Uh, man, that's a good question. I haven't really ever thought about it, but <laughs> to me, it's just, you know, turning on, you know, turning on my gear and just, just letting it flow, not not thinking, you know, mm-hmm. just letting letting something happen. I think that's that's what creativity is, and that's that's how all my best work gets done never you know trying to do something is like a hundred percent failure rate for me <laughs> it's, it's the same with me man i've been sitting down like trying to make something this week mm-hmm. and it's just everything since like i made something on saturday and it was like really dope and then everything after is like i'm trying to like recreate that feeling and it's just been a disaster yeah and i know what you mean yeah so, so I, that, I was just gonna say sometimes taking a break um is, is the best thing you can do for the creative creative juices yeah, and, and I think, too, um, doing different things that's creative. Like, when I started kind of getting into photography, it helped my music out a lot because um, mm. I can just switch my – it's still being creative, and it was still, like, pushing me in a creative way, and I was, like, learning how to use the camera and learning, you know, better composition and things like that. So when I did get back to music, I was like, okay, like, it just opened my brain up in a different way and allowed the music to become better. That's really awesome, actually. That's a good way not to burn out while still staying creative. Yeah, for sure. Because I did burn out on music. I literally took a year off from music. Um, oh, wow. And didn't yeah. like open up Ableton for like over a year because I got so burnt out on it. Um, right. So, yeah, here's a question that I pretty much ask everybody on every episode. Um, and it's just about success. So it's like, you know, the, kind of the traditional cliche definition of success is like a lot of money, you know, big house a lot of cars stuff like that and it seems like people's kind of redefined it um in recent years to fit themselves and for it to work for themselves so how how do you define success for yourself uh you know i don't need like a million dollar chain but i'm not gonna lie i still i still shoot for the traditional definition of success i mean i'd like to you know have a nice house be able to travel and and pay Mm -hmm. my bills nothing extravagant but i just think you know 100 percent of my income coming from music um, to live a you know comfortable enough lifestyle would be a success for me. 
Yeah, for sure. And I look at it too, like money is a resource. Um, and it's like the first like little bit of money. Cause even for like, just for me to buy a camera, like for the longest time, I couldn't even afford, you know, an extra $600 to buy a camera. So it's right. like when I was able to get that camera, which was really in retrospect, an investment in my creative career, like it opened up doors in other ways, you know? And I think Absolutely. that if you're always trying to push yourself creatively and then when you do get, you know, anything extra and you kind of reinvest it in yourself, um, that it will open up more doors to make more money so you can be more creative and have more opportunities for sure. Um, yeah. So let me ask you too, because I'm really big on like a, a growth mindset and, you know, getting better professionally, getting better, um, you know, as a person in my career. So what are some of the things that you do, you know, to get better in those areas in your life? Uh, I mean, as a musician, I just try to make sure I'm, I'm always staying sharp. I'm always, you know, just composing, creating, listening to to music is a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just just kind of just staying staying motivated, staying inspired is is the main thing for me. Mm-hmm. And how do you stay motivated and inspired? I mean, with the music, it's just like I just can't escape it, man. I just I'm obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. So I rarely have you know those times where I don't feel like doing it or where where it's not successful from a creative standpoint, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just an obsession, and, it's, and sometimes it's just in you, right? Yeah, I know that sounds super corny, but I really feel that way. And and just to be even more corny, the ups and downs of life. You know, when you're going through a struggle or even a really awesome time, I think that I, I think that my music's pretty emotional, and I think it always, you know, stems from life experiences. So just trying to stay inspired in your daily life, being around interesting people, or mm-hmm. whatever you can do. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. But yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on and chatting with me on the podcast. Why don't you let everybody know who's listening, um, where they can find you at on social media, where they can find you know your your sound kits and everything like that. All right, yeah, um, it's at Ivy the Polymath on Instagram, Twitter, you know, Facebook, all that stuff, and then IvyThePolymath.com is where you can get all my albums and uh, sample packs as well as the Drum Broker. Very dope, very dope. Well, I appreciate it, my man. Thanks for chatting with me. It was good to get to know you a little bit more. And everybody who's listening, this is the Creative Masters Podcast. Until next episode, peace. Peace. So there you have it. That was episode 33 of the Creative Masters Podcast featuring Ivy the Polymath. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm Nobody Famous. I can be found at Nobody Famous on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow the podcast at Creative Masters Podcast on Instagram. If you guys would, go to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, share it out with your friends. We greatly appreciate it. Until next episode, peace. Peace.